Hello and welcome to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast. Please listen to all of the following options as our menu may have changed. Penis. For a spoiler-filled discussion about the midway point of Walking Dead Season 7, press a say 1. For a spoiler-filled discussion about Star Wars Rogue One, press a say 2. For a spoiler-filled discussion about Westworld Season 1, press a say 3. For all of these combined into a humor-filled audio romp with some video game talk thrown in the mix plus immature humor, press a say. We're back, shaking off the ring rust for this holiday edition of the Random Fandom with Brandon Brandon podcast. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've last recorded. The last time we recorded it was November. That seems like a lifetime ago. So much has happened. Yeah, and we are then. right at the cusp of a new year. Yeah. And it's I, this is kind of a nice opportunity. We've got a lot of news that we have been neglecting for the past several weeks. And now we have a lot to catch up on. Well, yeah. And you started drugs and alcohol, too. So that's understandable. It takes up yeah. all your free time. Yeah. Did you I, just drop the C word, by the way? Cusp? Is that what you said? Cusp? Yeah. Maybe. Before we get to all the good stuff coming your way, which is a lot of conversation about the three bigs in our lives that make us such geek friends. Movies, video games, TV. Yeah. And yeah. plenty of which uh, in all three of those categories. Let's take a moment to thank the people who are making this holiday edition of the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast possible, starting with which? Yeah, we have two amazing fake sponsors. So we all know who Mike Pence is. Mike Pence is our new vice president-elect for the United States of America. And uh, we're really lucky, actually, to have such a high-quality sponsor. I'm going to say blessed. This, this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're blessed a good one. with this. Blessed. So many people might not know this, but um, Mike Pence actually has a private company called the Pence Fence Company. Makes sense. Pence Fence, yeah. So um, here we go. I'm, I'm going to read here what uh, Mike Pence told me. Um, <laughs> keep those drug dealers, criminals, and rapists off of your property with a Pence Fence. So whether you are building a small white picket fence or a large 2,000-mile wall, the Fence Pence Co. can protect you. No one builds fences better than Pence. It just makes sense. Thank you for yeah. all the safety that is on this side of the fence yeah. from the fence pence company or yeah. keep use- your property great again <laughs> again for the first <laughs> by, time by building a fence around it the pence fence company yep makes sense also we want to thank new the random fandom with brandon brandon podcast sponsorship harem is the a a a a is that four a's did i say yeah a a a a or what is, ah. that? what is that what is the a a a a well, thank you for asking. Let me tell you, for anyone mm-hmm. who's not familiar with the AAAA, it's the Anti-Acronym Association of America. Hmm. Because nobody knows better than Quadruple A how badly acronyms can get out of hand. That's the Anti-Acronym Association uh, yeah. of America. Or AAAA. Uh, ah. Uh, yeah, not to be confused with AAA or AA. Or, or and not to be contru- confused with Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Crumb the and show, Ick. Nickelodeon show. Yeah, that yeah. was actually a really good show. Yeah. Didn't have well, a very memorable... it was when you're a kid. I tried watching it as an adult. It really did not hold up. Yeah. So. Cool. But All you right. know what does hold up? Video games? Mm-hmm. 
Is that the segue that you're trying to make here? It's been a while since we were able to do our last recording, so no real breaking news here, but retroactively catching up to something that's seasonally, thematically appropriate, our favorite game of this year, probably, uh, and a lot of people's consensus top best game, Overwatch. Voted, it, yeah, Overwatch was voted best game of the year. Indeed uh, it was, rightfully game, so. Game of the year, I And we'll be giving some picks awards. in our future uh, end of the year uh, 2016 recap review about some other of the best games, but let's focus on Overwatch. Yes, there's been a lot of cool things that make this game still fun and i really like the new holiday patches they put in yeah uh the winter themed loot boxes are great how they redecorated all the levels and it's just it's fun it's cheery you know yeah I, I, it makes you forget that you're shooting each other with guns and blowing each other up but because uh you know it's, yeah it, this game has always been on the light-hearted side oh yeah it's bright violence, it's animated if yeah, that makes any sure. sense you know it's like it doesn't take itself seriously None of the characters take themselves too seriously. Even the characters that come off as serious are done so in almost a facetious way. Yeah. And who's so, the most serious character? I would say probably Hanzo or Genji because they're all like you know. Yeah, maybe I was or also going to say Reaper. Oh, Reaper is very serious. Yeah. the The game is the game is near flawless in gameplay, but the gameplay is so limited, and so Bethesda, not Bethesda, sorry, Blizzard is really clever with. Um, being able to just add these little nuanced changes to make it seem like there's something new, even though you're doing the exact same thing yeah. over and over again. And the new level. arcade styles are really awesome too. Those are cool. The three on three, the maze snowball fight, didn't really dig that, but it's something I, for I someone can't get who wants that. Yeah, it's annoying and it's very. Especially just, after the uh, Halloween one. Yeah. The Halloween one was great. Yeah, this one was felt like the a little Junkenstein, bit of a. Junkenstein. Uh, what was it? Junkenstein's yeah, Revenge or something? Junkenstein's like Revenge, something like that. Uh, that was fun. This one's a little bit of a miss, but just not our flavor, but to each their own. And I really like the uh, the mystery six-on-six six one. I feel like that's a yeah. new thing. Well, it's kind of nice because you have certain people who always play the same characters, and this is a way for, including us sometimes, I do a lot, yeah. but it's it's good for not only me to get out of my comfort zone and learn some, exactly. something new, but it's all, it also means that the people you're playing against are go are also going to have to learn somebody new, and that means they can't play that one character that they always no crutches. play. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the holiday patch, a lot of fun. Uh, keeps Overwatch feeling fresh. I wonder what the next seasonal uh, patch will be. Um, I don't if, know. I wonder. I don't know if do they a New would Year's do a thing. New Year because it's too close it's to too close. Christmas. And then what's the next biggest, I guess, obs- observed holiday? Maybe Valentine's Day? I don't know. Maybe they'll do something oh, for I Easter. Gar- yeah, Valentine's Day, February, I bet. Yeah. Everyone will have hearts and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyways. Somebody will be a Cupid. Somebody will have a Cupid skit. Oh, Hanzo. Mercy. Oh, Hanzo. He's got the bow and arrow. Mercy is an angel. Cupid's a little angel. Uh, Okay. They should smash them together. Let's have a bet. What do you want to bet? um, No, but let's just have like a little thing that comes February. How about this? Literally. All right. Whoever they make Cupid, if indeed there isn't even a a new release. Yeah. I bet it's Mercy, this Cupid. You bet Hanzo. I bet a thousand of your currency versus a thousand of my currency. I buy whatever I want with your profile, a thousand currency. If That's a lot. Right. I don't even have a thousand currency. Start saving. You can get to a thousand currency by February. Well, okay. actually, you're okay. kind of a crappy player. Okay, but that's fair. Somebody else should be able to. That's fair. Yeah. So I one have twenty five hundred in my Overwatch bank. Oh, I haven't damn. spent anything yet. Well, so see, you can buy I me. I usually buy a skin because what else am I going to do with the currency? I usually buy a skin. I, when I, I get also to like the the voice lines a little bit. Just I think those can be kind of funny. They're small. There's little things. You're dumb. You're dumb. 
So, of course, we're if you're picking up playing Overwatch, what else are you playing though, Brandon? So, I've been playing a lot of um, Dishonored 2. Yes. And it's a it's a big season for twos. Yeah, we also have Watch Dogs 2, which I've also been playing a little bit. Right. How you liking Dishonored 2? Um, I like it a lot. I was a real big fan of the first one. Yeah, and first I feel one was really a landmark game for sure. Dishonored 2 is a really good game. It's nice because you can choose between playing as Corvo from the first game or Emily, his daughter. Mm-hmm. And Emily has different powers than he does. And so it adds for a lot of replayability. So I haven't gone through even a full game, but I started with Emily and her powers are really different than the first game. And so it doesn't feel too similar. Good. Um, there, you know, there's staples, but all in all, it does feel a little bit differently. And then I'm actually looking forward to when I do beat the game in Emily, which is all sneaky. Like I trying almost always not to be seen at all. I'm going to go through as Corvo Otano and just murder everyone. Cool. And that, I'm, and I'm looking forward to... That's the offerings to, of this game. Yeah, yeah. And you're literally getting, I mean, almost two games in one, which is really cool. It so. reminds me of uh, Resident Evil 2. You, I haven't played it, but just, well, I thought it was going to be like Resident Evil 2. If you recall, you play through as Leon, you play through as Claire, their stories intersect, uh-huh. and you see each other during the game. From what I understand from this one, it's all Emily it's all Corvo and they don't really necessarily intersect because what the choices you make right from the offset affect what happens to the person, other right. character. Well, it's not really, a, I mean, I feel like this isn't a spoiler to say this, but um, whoever you choose to play as, the other person dies at the beginning. Are you sure? That's what it looks like. Well, unless You haven't played it through yet. I so. haven't played it through. You're correct. So Because they wouldn't kill Corvo right off the bat. Why not? Because then where's Dishonored 3 going to come from? Emily. Yeah, but then what if you play Corvo right off the bat? Then, you know, Or you play as him, then Emily dies. So it kind of... I know. It Functionality-wise, but it, 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 it almost doesn't have to... What they could do... Dishonored has the ability to do what like Fable did, where Fable 2 happens like in a different time period, like maybe 100 or 200 years after. Yeah, fable or whatever it was, where technology is advanced and 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 you know you might be in like this industrial revolution type. So um, I feel like um, with Dishonored they can do that again, where even if one of them or both of them die, you're playing as some other th- character that might somehow share a bloodline. Maybe not. It's just in a different time period, which would be cool because this thing kind of has this weird. Um, what do they call it? Whale punk. Mm-hmm. It's like steampunk in a whale town. And so it's its own kind of style. Yeah. And they could change that style by changing the time period. Well, thank you for that. And I know we'll have probably some more detailed breakdown once you complete it. Uh, you did own it. Uh, you I, did own it. I do own it. You do own it. You did buy it because this is probably one of those games you want to get deep into yeah. and you don't want to clog up your game fly, game fly flow. That's hard to say. So don't say it, Brandon. Fine. Anyways, <laughs> you have been playing... Through Gamefly Watch Dogs 2 as well. Yeah. How are you liking that? I've heard that it's better than the first. It's way better than the first. Cool. Um, this one doesn't take itself so seriously. The first one had a really bad uh, main character that you played. Aiden Aiden something? Pierce or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he was a douche. And it was just, everything was so dreary and sad. and But the stuff you were doing was absolutely ridiculous. Like the fact that you can control everything in the city with it, your cell phone is it just doesn't make sense. And so they had this gameplay that was a promise of being fun under a story that was way too serious. 
And in this game, the story, it feels like the writers recognized how stupid the gameplay was. And so they made the story just as stupid. And so you're pretty much this hacker group called DeadSec. Uh, and you're main, one main guy. Ultimately, one of the main uh, things that you're always trying to do in the game is to gain followers, like Twitter followers or something. That's so modern. Which is weird, yeah. And it's so when you complete a, uh, a mission, then they're like, oh, we just gained a million followers or something stupid like that. And it makes it, um, it just makes it more lighthearted. For when you're doing something, they don't so, use Twitter by name, do they? I don't think they do. I'm no, they don't. Yeah, they I can't probably remember. have to just say social media. Or I something. can't remember. Well, yeah, they probably just made up some names for. Well, it. that's very fitting because, as most people know, uh, the story this time around takes place in San Francisco, which is yeah the birthplace to so much tech. And it's know. cool. Like, so we live next to San Francisco. We're about an hour away from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You work in San Francisco every day, unfortunately. Um, and um, so I was. Like I, sometimes it's fun to just drive around, and um, I went to Pier Thirty Nine. That's cool. And I was like, "Hey, wait, this... could you find parking? Because if it's true to life, you cannot yeah. find parking." No, here's the difference. Um, in San Francisco, you can't drive anywhere because there's way too many cars. You, you can't can park walk anywhere. Faster. Yeah, you can't park anywhere because there's no parking, and every parking lot is thirty dollars. Um, in the game, there's significantly less people, so you can like run around in the street and never even run into a car like it's they kind of but so I mean, you're not that, taking public transit in the game yeah you're not um, that'd be a cool way to fast travel you but, like hop on muni or hop on bart or hop on a, a bus line it is really fun to go to somewhere in san francisco and you're like this looks familiar to me like i've been there in real life and you can see that they tried to capture it for example um there's the bill graham civic auditorium i think is what it's called I call it a center Okay, Civic Center. Auditorium Center. Auditorium Center. Yeah. Um, it's a great place for a show. In in San Francisco, where I've seen several concerts there, mm-hmm. and outside of that, there's this big square, oh, right? Oh, yeah. The nightlife and, there is awesome. And I, was, um, and I was looking at the square, and I was like, oh, I've been here. And at the concert, I parked in an underground parking lot underneath that square. And it's there in the game? No, it's not. Uh, but it was one of those things that... It was so recognizable that I was like, I wonder if they captured that, even the the underground parking. And so I drove around it, and just but it wasn't there. But just, just doing to stuff think like to that, look for it. yeah, that's cool. Is fun because then it it kind of breaks the fourth wall where you're like, I recognize that I'm playing a game uh, that is sort of a representation of a real place that I've been. Yeah, and but it's fun just to be like, I wonder how much the game creators captured in that. Sounds like this game, from the way you're describing it, some th- playthroughs I've seen. It's not quite as serious as like a Grand Theft Auto, no way, or not as at all. or as serious as its predecessor. But it's not quite as silly and dumb, and not dumb in a bad way, but like dumb fun as like a Saints Row. So yeah. a nice in between. It is a nice in, well, it is a nice in between. I think that the um, Grand Theft Auto Five didn't take itself so seriously, and it couldn't because it was so violent and right. disturbing in some ways. Now you've been playing a game, well, a portion of a, a game. portion of a game, a demo, right? Uh, Very res- hesitantly. Resident Evil 7. Yes, and I've actually been trying to... You know, I'm 34 now. Holy crap, that just happened. You're disgusting. I know, dude. Trust me, I wish I could turn back time with Cher. As long as you're older than me, I'm going to think you're disgusting. Well, so if how ever much longer I become, am I going to be older than if you? If ever I become older than you, then that will change. But then I would have to die. Isn't death disgusting? I guess it depends how you die. Yeah, if you die in a blaze of glory... <laughs> What is a blaze of glory? Like if you, if if like, 
there there's a, a an American flag and it's like on fire, but you're like you're still holding it up because you're such an American that you're like, yeah. no, I'm gonna hold up the American flag as long as I can, and then you'd burn to death because of that. Okay. Um. Well, if if I'm in control of all those factors, all right. I'll yeah. I'll let you know. Anyways, Resident Fourth of Evil July is just around the corner. Stop it. Resident Evil Seven, the demo, finally came out on Xbox One. I am looking forward to this game a lot. I have been since the announcement. I really want it to be scary again. I like the first person perspective. I like how it seems to be a slower game. I like I just like the premise. All of what they were doing with from it. From what yeah. I can tell. This Baker family is really creepy. We've seen if most of us by now have seen all the full demo playthrough. Well it started with the kitchen. Right. And now it's leading to the latest uh I think the latest and last update to the demo. And it's freaky. Does the demo have the kitchen in it? Because I don't know. I never played the kitchen. I don't think so. Are you so. tied to a chair in any point in this? Yeah, but I think demo? it's more like for a, a cinematic. As And then I don't think you play the same demo in this. I think it overlaps of sorts, but it's more of like a cinematic that leads to then you getting out of where the kitchen would have left off. I'm not 100% sure because I never okay. played the kitchen. Right. I've seen footage of it, but I don't think so. Don't think it's the same. It's not the exact same. No. But in this demo, like other parts, this latest update to the demo, which is now just the first portion that Xbox has seen, because before it wasn't out on Xbox One, the demo, there's more to it than previous um, releases of the demo. And I think it's been really well constructed up to this point. It's scary. I wanted to experience this the way I think it's meant to be. So I waited till my family went to bed. I turned off the lights. I popped on my headphones and just the sound like yeah. the floorboards creaking and I'm constantly like, I find myself hesitating just like uh, kind of like alien isolation. Like, Oh, should I keep going or yeah. something like that? And I kind of peek around. I do this thing. Anyways, there's a lot of tension just in this demo and it makes me really excited for what's to come. S- several different versions to the way the demo plays out. From what I understand, I'm trying not to get sp- spoiled. I wanted to experience it for myself. Um, the first two playthroughs I got different versions of bad endings for what that's worth. And so I How do you know that they're bad endings? It tells you at the end. You play through and different cinematics finish you off. As to like the choices. Yeah. Yeah, uh (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. Conclude. So like, do they kill you? And it tells you, oh, that was not... I couldn't... No, the first time I got... Obviously, that wasn't the goal of the game. Yeah, the first time I got punched out by the the crazy Baker family head. Uh, But yeah, just... It's visually haunting. It's... This atmosphere is definitely a factor again What's where it? I felt like it hasn't been since like Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. And if you get a chance, do download it, play it. Um, January 24th, I, th- this between right now today on December 24th and January 24th, I don't think there's another game that I'm looking forward to. I don't even know if there's another big release coming out between now and then, but definitely this one's on, on the map for me. I... I'm not going to go get like the collector's edition, but I think I'm going to pre-order it off Amazon, yeah. save a few bucks and have it shipped to me by game release day. I think this game is going to be one of those that you don't have to have it day one because it's not like people are going to be hopping online multiplayer. Right. And But I just, I don't, I don't want to be behind, not for anyone else, just, but for me, I just, I want to be there day one. I want to be scared. I want to be, I want to be playing this game. So the demo has done its job. What is the, I mean, in, I don't know if you know this from just the demo. What is the synopsis? Like, why are you 
Who are you and why are you in the baker's house? The I baker think house? you're tracking a missing loved one or okay. a la Silent Hill 2 a little bit. Like either you right. get like a, a letter or a tape or something. Um, but I can you can't tell what the hell's going on. You don't even know who you are or if you're just a pawn. And this is a demo that will actually not have any way to do with a character that ends up being in the game. The producer I've read, I forget his name. Um, forgive me. It's a Japanese name, so I cannot pronounce it. But um, he... That's racist. <laughs> no, that's honest. <laughs> uh, he has said that it all ties into the greater Resident Evil story. I do not see how the hell that's possible. I know it's some form of virus that, and you're in a farmhouse and this crazy cannibalistic monster family... I don't even want to know anymore. Well, it's probably because they're stronger, right? Oh, and they you can they can take more damage because you can shoot in this game, right? Yeah, I haven't. And I I just you can attack and yeah. You, well, you I got a gun in the demo. That's it okay. so far. But so, the guy's pretty much immune to it. It slows him down a little bit, just enough time for you to like run and hide. So I wonder if they have a strain of that virus. Like, there's got to be some formation the same of it. with Resident Evil Four and five yeah. right where um there's a strain in a specific number part four of the was world Las Plagas. number five was the uroboros uroboros i can't pronounce it but yeah do the uroboros yeah uh with uh, pitbull. yeah yeah that sounds like a pitbull let's call song. him up collaborate yeah. um yeah okay so. we've probably been talking about this long enough so let's move on but definitely if you haven't got a chance yet in any platform check out the resident evil 7 demo if you're a fan or if not check it out but, and then hopefully become a fan moving on to movies right now so some quick movie news before we get into our big spoiler filled discussion about rogue one which you heard about at the top of this show we are going to be spoiling it so in advance it's coming but let's just get into some quick little blurbs like a rapid fire yeah you would say news go right ahead oh me fire the first shot well the first one's not even much of news this is more of a reaction. Yeah. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer yep. came out. And I mean, we've had a lot of trailers, um, and we'll get into one or two of them. But the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came out. I think it looks great. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I almost feel like it's overly analytical to judge a trailer. I know. Sometimes. It just it makes me excited for the movie. That's all. And I that's mean, look at like a Suicide Squad trailer. That made the movie look way different than the yeah. movie when I think it came we're out. in such a review-heavy culture and a reaction-heavy culture. Sure. And here we are being a part of that to some degree. But yeah, it's just like, it's it's two minutes. Who gives a shit? Just here, relax and enjoy and see it when it comes out too in its entirety. But as far as what's a trailer's job, yeah, this trailer makes me excited for the movie. I think they might be going a little too heavy with the comedy, at least in the trailer. Yeah, but I think what they're trying to do is say, is say, hey, remember that all the stuff that you love from the first one, meaning oh, I remember. the comedy, <laughs> I remember the comedy and the action, which was a perfect mesh in that movie that made it what it was, and that's exactly what they're showing you. They're showing you comedy and action. They're not showing you anything about the story at all. No, but it's they're saying, completely hey, obscure. Those those two. Two pieces that you love from the first movie, we brought them back. And that's all they're saying, and that's all that they needed to say in a trailer. And I think that's why I'm excited for it. Yeah, and the interactivity between Groot, or now this baby Groot, which I hope is not annoying. I hope they don't overdo his little yeah. mini voice, and I hope they don't overdo it. That's all. Uh, and when, when he shows up on a... Sorry, when he shows up on a trailer in a theater, what does everybody do when they see him? That You hear the whole theater go, Oh, my God. Aww. Yeah. And it's like, really? He's a... CG baby tree. 
<laughs> with big eyes. Yeah, when are baby trees ever cute? Do you go out in real life and be like, oh, well, look at that bush. Uh-huh. And that, that chick's like, hey, I can't help the way I look. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny. I'm proud of the way that happened. <laughs> we were actually having a Bush-filled discussion earlier. We were. President George Bush. Of um, course. Yeah. We're very excited for Donald Trump. Anyways, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Check. Good. Can What's we, next? Let's let's go over to another trailer. On the opposite side, mm-hmm. the new Transformers trailer. Looks like absolute monkey piss. Yeah. Again, here I am like criticizing trailers, but <laughs> no. I do not give a shit anymore. I, I just don't. I well, was so excited, and I even saw the we saw the Age of Extinction, the knowing one? that the three ones before were not good, or the three. But we the trailer, the trailers for number four were good, and we were like, this one's got to be different. They like, got Mark Wahlberg. They, they messed and, up the previous three so bad. They, how can Michael Bay be so oblivious? And it was the worst of the lot. It, Maybe two. Uh, I, yeah, two and four were us awful the two robots that were uh just ratchet and clank (laughs) let's just call them that they were just so obvious stereotypes of let's just say that's because there was a writer strike going on so uh, i don't that doesn't that that doesn't mean like not excuse any any racism can be excused in that sense and like things like where there's one robot and he's got these balls dangling yeah and you're like why why who decided to add that to a robot in what is essentially a movie that is supposed to be for kids and parents. Yeah, dumb. Anyway, but this the, fourth one's supposed to be darker. It looks fifth. darker. It's not the I'm fifth. sorry, fifth one. Yeah. Who cares about the fifth of anything in a series? Literally. Uh, but Name it, a unless fifth it's a good... Final Fantasy type situation where everyone... It's like Specifically we... movies. Name a fifth good of anything. Nope. I'm Do you not... know what the fifth of Star Wars was technically? Attack of the Clones. Because yeah. that was awesome. Or Saw 5 or Friday the 13th Part 5 or A Nightmare on Elm Street Part yeah. 5. No, you just don't remember fifths. And they're like, now we got Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Who cares? He'll do whatever for yeah, money. And like, I mean, uh, yeah, by now. Although we'll be talking more about him in a little bit Yeah. Um, as something he did very positively. Which- I, so when this, when this trailer starts, it shows a cross <laughs> and then it has blood dripping from a cross while like yeah, this really slow imagery? music plays. And m- m- at first, I was like, what? Wait, what? Like, this is... Am I watching a Transformers trailer? Because I was watching it on YouTube, so I knew what it was when I clicked on it. Sure. And I was like, or did I, or, or is it, did I click on something else by accident? And then Passion as Passion of it, the Christ Part 2? Yeah, maybe. And as it went on, I was like, oh my God, this is a Transformers movie? This like, is... How? How is this Transformers? And so it seems like maybe what they're trying to show is, oh, remember the first four movies that were dog shit? are bad don't worry we're gonna make this one darker and not as long as no, michael bay's that's not yeah it's not necessarily what we want we just don't want michael bay's and dog- why the hell's mark Wahlberg back in it his character <sighs> was pointless and so was his daughters yeah dumb i don't give it yeah yeah anyway you know what it's not more than meets the eye it's exactly what your eyes tell you it is yeah that, if you're those, not don't go any deeper yeah dumb what else um deadpool 2 just got the uh, John Wick director, who's David Leach. Hmm. So, uh, kind of a weird thing there is uh, David Leach is an uncredited director on like IMDb, and if you look on his IMDb, most of his history he, uh, is as a stuntman. Hmm. So, uh, this seems like this is his first foy- foyer, foyer, foyer. What do you call it? Foray. Foray. Sure. Okay. A foyer is like a lobby of I like know. a French hotel. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And baguettes. Um, so uh, we'll see what that looks like. So, still a while to go. And then 
apparently, I don't know. I don't want to just spread internet conjecture. I really hope this is going to be a fact or is going to be cemented soon. But uh, an Uncharted movie. Awesome. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, <laughs> uh, I know, right? With this latest video game to movie. Uh, I mean, we know Assassin's Creed is not doing anywhere near what we hoped. No. We haven't seen it, but no. it, uh, the it makes me less excited great. to go out and spend money on it, though. You know? Yeah. But yeah, so Uncharted. I mean, that's the, 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 at least they have a good story to pull off of. The hard thing there is that who, how are they going to get anyone to play Nathan Drake? Sean Levy is slated to direct this. Uh, I don't know a lot of his body of work. He's done a lot of comedy films and TV shows, but well, there's not a fair that amount of humor in movies. Uncharted. So there is, and that's good if if he can bring a lighter side because the games are sort of like that. But the gameplay is all about murdering thousands of people. Um, hundreds don't overreact. Uh, not overall the games. Oh, okay. Well, each one individually, hundreds, sure, adds up to adds up to thousands, a couple thousand, sure. So, um, you know, he's got to have good action in there too. So yes, we'll please. see how that works. Cool. Another one. Mm-hmm. Simon McCoyd. Oh, love him. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, you know, I I would tell you if he even had a single thing on IMDb. But he doesn't. You gotta start somewhere. So who knows who this guy is? But apparently he's set to direct a new Mortal Kombat reboot. Because everybody's just clamoring for that. Well, I mean, we all know video game movies are just... They're, they're automatically just good quality movies, right? Yep. Gospel um, fact. But how could he possibly live up to how good the first two Mortal Kombats were? Especially the second. And the second was amazing. So great. God. I mean... Now, and it's amazing what they could do with like $300 budget. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> uh, spent that money well. Um, they stretched their dollars for sure. Um, by the way, yeah. just an extra little plug. Mm-hmm. The Honest Trailers guys on YouTube just came out with an Honest Trailers for the first two uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, I love movies. a good retroactive story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine last just thing how we... easily they pick it apart. Oh, they're, they're great at that. Yeah, they are. The last thing I just want to mention is um, apparently... A Rampage movie. Remember the old Rampage game? Yeah, with the lizard, the arcade? Lizzie the Lizard and Wolfie the Wolf. I can't <laughs> remember the wolf's name. Um, and then Barbara the Gorilla. Yeah. I have no idea. I just love pulling people out of windows and eating them. Um, but yeah, they're going to make a Rampage movie. And this is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So given those two points you just made, I just have one question. Sure. Why? I, I hope know. it gets canned. Honestly, there's no point. Well, it's not like that's got to be dumb. And they're going to probably take it like all serious in a direction where it's I don't think so because The Rock... Okay, The Rock is... He just made a Baywatch movie. Have you seen the trailer for that? No, and I, it's, I'm not interested. It doesn't look good, but it's it's definitely set as a comedy. And I think what they're doing is they're trying to play off of the whole 21 Jump Street success. Oh, sure. Because those movies were actually pretty funny. They looked like crap, but they were actually good movies, and and obviously they made a second one. That one was also pretty funny, and then so I think that what they're what The Rock is trying to do is bring back some of these classics that he kind of, you know, grew up liking in his like young adulthood, and uh, he's doing Jumanji, <sighs> another Jumanji, and I and now it looks like he's doing a Rampage movie. I don't know, but I think that with him there, he's that kind of perfect actor to be comedic. Um, but he he can look serious, but like an action star like, cause too. Like because he, yeah, he can look serious. He can do action, but he also has amazing comedic timing. Yeah. So 
I think I, that's I, what I assume the movie is going to be like. If and when that comes to fruition, I wonder how long. But we'll see. Yeah. So that's kind of all speculative stuff, if you will. Here's what we know for sure. Rogue One, one of the most anticipated movies, at least of the second half of this year, has come and gone. Uh, did really well at the box office. Pretty positive critical uh, reception. I think it was somewhere at like 80-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fans were like a, a low 90s on it. I gotta say, I talked to a Star Wars fan uh, Friday morning because he went and saw it Thursday night. Mm-hmm. He said, best movie in the Star Wars canon he's seen since Empire. I was like, wow, that's got to be pretty Ooh. good. Um, we went and know. saw it for my birthday. Like uh, I've said before, last year, Star Wars came out on my birthday. This year, again. You know, full spoilers in effect, like we said before. Um, I just thought this was all right. I agree with you. I did it was not just, think... It was all right. I definitely don't think this was the best. No. I would put it... It's better than one, two, or three. I'll give it that. I would put it probably my fourth favorite. Yeah. Fifth. Sorry. Because I think three, four, or five... Sorry, no. Four, five, six, and seven mm-hmm. are all better movies. Yeah. Now, I liked the tie-ins. I th- thought the tie-ins between, you know, the few characters that it paid attention to from one, two, or three, like Jimmy Smith's uh, Bail Organa, the guy who raised Leia, yeah. the senator. And as soon as he said, well, I'm going back to Alder, I'm like, oh, you're going to get blown up, homie. I know how this <laughs> one ends for you. Um, and of course, we know how it ends for a lot of characters. And that's why I thought was actually one of the things that took away from this is you've never heard of them yeah. in any forward episodes. So it was fairly plain to see that these guys are all going to die. Well, all they said in episode four was that... The Bothan spies who made the ultimate some, sacrifice it was or something, something like that. Al- yeah, exactly. They yeah. just pretty much said that... They were just words. Some people died to get this, and that's it. Let's that's make sure their sacrifices are, aren't for nothing. Right. Basically. And I mean, lucky, lucky that they didn't go into too much specifics, because then it allowed them to write whatever story they needed to make it happen. Yeah. I actually like the fact that this answered one of the biggest glaring questions about the whole Star Wars universe. What's that? Which was, why the hell would they build a Death Star that is so huge, so powerful, and it have this one weakness that destroys the entire thing? Good point. It did tie that down. And it, and it made, because you kind of just thought like, wow, those engineers should be fired because that is the stupidest design flaw you can think of. But then the fact that they showed that this this um, engineer slash architect of of the whole station oh, really uh, Galen Urso yeah um, Shin's dad he 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 was pretty much there forced against his will and this was his way so he said adding a if weakness. I kill myself they're gonna find someone else who will do it yeah. So even though I'm going to destroy a lot of lives by accepting it, I'm going to say, yes, finally, I'll do it. And then, you know, put a, a mole hole inside of here yeah. with the hope that someone can get it. And then I'll hopefully be saving lives. So I thought that was actually well done. Uh, he was a very just kind of bland character. In fact, yeah, there was a was. lot of bland characters. Uh, well, they didn't have time to flesh them out. No, though. they didn't. And I thought that's what sucked about having a spinoff movie. It's almost like they could have done like, made this into like just like a straight to like Netflix thing and done like a three-parter or something like that. Yeah. Because you never get to really get a, a flavor for any of these guys. The only thing that stuck out to me as far as character development is uh, Cassian Andor, uh, who I thought was honestly the guy who played the Red Viper in uh, Game of Thrones. 
Oberyn Martell. They oh, yeah. very similar in delivery kinda, and style and yeah, look. Yeah, they kind of look similar. Um, th- I like how he was conflicted. You know, he was fighting the good fight, you know, because we're taught from episode four, rebels are the good guys, but he did some shady things in the name of pushing his agenda. Yeah. But then also he had an agenda pushed onto him, you know, to assassinate uh, Galen Urso, and he hesitated. And that mm-hmm. became a point of discussion between him and uh, Jin Urso. But Jin was... I thought I liked his character. I liked Diego Luna's character. I liked uh, the new droid K two S O. He was awesome. Played by uh, of course Alan uh, Geek Hero. Yeah, from, yeah. Who yeah, who's Geek Hero? He's big on. Uh, I mean, I think we all were introduced to him mainly through Firefly and yeah. Serenity. Yeah, and then how could you not like Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I that was that such movie. a good God, movie. Yeah, that was great. The movie does not get enough credit. That's nope. a, one of those things where people are like, oh, great cult movie. I'm like, that one actually is a cult movie. Yes, because it's not. Largely popular. Almost nobody has seen it. But if you talk to people like on a one-on-one basis who like this kind of stuff, it definitely is right there. It hits home. Mm-hmm. It registers. Um, I liked uh, Donnie Yen's character. I thought, oh, he's actually Jedi, but he wasn't. But he, he was, was force, force sensitive user or sensitive. Yeah, force sensitive is yeah. that what I called it. Yeah. Uh, and I actually thought that he and the other guy, uh, Baze, I want to say. I yeah. can't, that's the thing. These names are very unmemorable. The guy who basically was a heavy. The big art, dude with the gun. Yeah. Who yeah. basically just he was a heavy. You know, yeah. Um, how they were protectors of the old Kaibar crystals or something like that in the palace that has been depleted and destroyed by the Empire. I thought that was cool how they tied in, like, oh, this is where lightsabers come from, by the way. The Kaibar crystal, yeah, it's what fuels a lightsaber, and Which that's is... the same fuel that the Death Star is running on, but just on yeah. a huge scale. So, here's what I want to know if you shot a Death Star ray, could a lightsaber deflect it? <laughs> Probably not. lightsaber skin deflected. Probably not. Okay. Uh, but I thought that was cool. But just in general as a movie, it was... The action was great, but there was only basically two big action scenes. Yeah. When they touch down that planet uh, where the Kaibar is, and then they have that like little gorilla battle. I didn't understand that completely. And well, a then, lot of it was creating a distraction sure. so that they can go do this. So another thing. Sorry. I'm, there's just kind of <laughs> bullet points going off, on yeah. my brain, but Saw Gerrera... Uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, was that basically just a space <sighs> version of the bad guy from the latest Mad Max film, who needs like, the, who, oh yeah, who's like wonky and he's seen battles and he needs oxygen to help him breathe and he has like metal I, sh- plating. I liked his character, but they I, didn't do anything with him. So okay. he's basically like, take my hand, my child. Oh, I haven't seen you in fifty years, and I'm dead. Yeah, my bad. Um, so that's, that's going to get into sort of my gripe. I I liked so much about this movie, but here's what I really couldn't, couldn't see past was a couple things. It, um, felt like a Star Wars film in the universe of Star Wars. That was perfect. It didn't feel like a Star Wars film in structure because like you said, there's mainly like two big battles. Whereas if you look at the way Star Wars movies are structured, have always been um, a certain style. Yeah. Um, you know, with these ups and downs and certain battles and mentors. I mean, they're, they're all pretty much the same. And this one didn't follow that same storyline. So it, it it almost unintentionally didn't quite feel like the same, which is fine. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily meant to. But the biggest gripe that I have was that, you and this is a major spoiler, everyone dies at the end. Literally... And so everyone dies at like the end. Anticlimatically, it's just like I mean, it was. It's almost like it makes sense because 
it, it explains why you never see those characters throughout the Star Wars and mythos not ever again. Yeah, that you know. Because they did this selfless sacrifice. But it, it was it was like you as a viewer wanted to feel more attached to these characters. And, um, you know, like the um, Baze and Sharut uh, Imwe, the, the, the Donnie Yen guy, you know? Yeah. They're, like, for example, those two had this really cool dynamic but it wasn't fleshed out enough. So when Donnie Yen's character dies and then the the big gunner guy goes out and just starts blasting people, you wanted to feel something more during that, but you couldn't. Yeah, because you didn't, because they couldn't you weren't as invested. That relationship couldn't be fleshed out, the characters couldn't be fleshed out. The only thing that I was sad about is when K2SO died and he was the robot and he was because he was immediately just because of his snide remarks and um, he, you, he was just immediately likable. Absolutely, and nobody I, else he was, was. I, he's the only character I really kind of remember. I do remember two characters, but not for a good way though. Governor Tarkin and Princess Leia when they were CGI face. It was weird, right? Yeah, that was especially weird. when you had them interacting with people with real faces. Yeah, like it, if you were the only, or if they were the only ones in that scene, it would almost be a little more passable. That just it was distracting. It you so when when we went to the theater, we had what ten people, right? Right, um, and a couple of the people were like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" You couldn't tell the difference, and yeah, I was like, "Really?" Because I immediately, and it's not only because I knew obviously you couldn't get that guy to play him anymore. But not only that, but he he looked great for CGI in a CGI movie. He looked weird and out of place in a real life movie. It was weird. And same with Leia. Yeah, exactly. Leia. And I thought that was cool. The last 10 minutes was by far the best of the movie. When, yeah. Especially when Vader, like literally, he's yeah. about to board that rebel ship. So it literally takes you right up until where episode four picks up. I was like, that's cool. And when Vader's just going nuts on the uh, the rebel soldiers in that little corridor. That was awesome. It was just enough to to showcase his badassness without almost name dropping him. Right. Does that make sense? Where exactly. Like, they like, had the capability. Come see this movie because he's in right. here. They had the, it's like, yeah, hey, they, thanks for coming to see his movie. By the way, here's what Vader does. Yeah. It, he wasn't the main bad guy. Yeah. And I liked that. Like, no, I thought that was cool. I, I thought the new bad guy was good. pretty good. Oh, the really? Orson Krennic? I didn't. He see, was creepy. He was creepy, but I was, but I he was, was literally about to say. Like everybody else. Yeah, I was literally about to say. The thing that this was missing was that really interesting bad guy. You you get a really interesting bad guy out of Kylo Ren in Episode Seven. You get a really interesting villain with um the the first uh well I don't want to say the first three the with uh, four five and six yeah um you get some decent enemies out of like an Episode One you had uh, Darth Maul yeah who they he, shouldn't have killed they should not have killed well. In Star Wars canon, even though he's literally cut in half, he's still he, alive. He still comes back to life. Because they like suture him back together with like. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But it was a way for the cartoons to pick up. Because everybody's most... like, he's awesome. Yeah, he's the only. And he sells merch good too. Good thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you know my dude? When ninety nine came out and Phantom Menace came out, do you know? Especially after the movie, I mean, going into it, yeah, it was being sold. But especially after, how many of my friends went and bought the d- dual edged lightsaber? It was Just, cool. It was awesome. I remember when they showed it on the trailer, I was like. I have to see this. Yeah. But then I saw it. And Kylo Ren, they tried to do that with Kylo Ren. With his hilted lightsaber and, or whatever. But it, and it was, it, was, it was enough though. It made it still unique. Yeah. And um, I like how his... And his was more like fiery. It's Yeah, it's jagged. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's, let's talk... Mm, let's talk about 
Let's talk about talking manly properly. Stuff. No, I'm just. Tr- I think you're wearing off on me. <coughs> exactly. <coughs> See. Shit. Uh, sorry. One more rapid thought. You mentioned how K2SO died. So do you remember when you know because her, Jin uh, and K2SO had some weird beef. I think yeah. right from the beginning when he, you know. Which I thought I like that. Yeah, it made for some like nice little snarky remarks. <laughs> I like when she shot one. That's and, what I'm going to talk about. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So remember, she yeah. shoots one, hits it in the shoulder, and then like looks at her like, and you think, oh no, she shot yeah. her butt, and then it dies, and then it reveals. And he's that. right behind her. How many blasts did he take at the end, though? Remember, he was getting blasted. Oh, good point. No, I was really irritating. I'm like, wait, that other one, same build. I mean, just because it got funny. reprogrammed. That's a good. Yeah. Can you reprogram a... a joint to feel more or feel take more no. damage? No, because well, they're the same structure. You can just change their programming. They're like internal. Uh, frequencies. Yeah, you have little stuff. I mean, stuff like that. Like I do. I just remember in the theaters, like that's stupid. Like yeah. she hits oh. that one in the shoulder, looks at her, and he dies. falls down, collapses. Yeah, he's taking like twenty blasts, and then in between getting shot, like Boromir, he's still blowing the horn. You know, yeah. in between getting arrows stuck in him. So why don't we wrap this up? Um, what do you give this as a as a percentage? Seventy five ish. Okay. I did not think this was a bad movie. I just I was not that pulled in and. When I try to apply logic to it, like even Star Wars logic, just things didn't add up. And yeah, the fact that everybody died just made it like such a one-off that it's like... Yeah, so I... I agree. I mean, obviously, in our review, we we kind of uh, tore it apart a little bit. All in all, I did like this movie, and I think it did exactly what it was set out to be, which was just to answer that question of, of, of how did... How did the plans get in the hands of the rebels in the first place? They did a good job of that. And that's all they set out to do. And they did it with good characters, but unfortunately, characters that we wanted to see more of. But I am also I also didn't like the fact that they died, but I get why they all had to die. Yeah, because where are they going to go after this? Because where do they go after this? Exactly. Yeah. So um, in that sense, I'm going to give it a little bit higher than you. I'm going to give it about an 80. Mm-hmm. If if it wasn't attached to the Star Wars universe and in itself was its own movie, it mine would be way closer to like sixty five to seventy for sure. So why don't we get into movies? All right, wait. <laughs> why don't we get into paying attention? <laughs> why don't we get into? Why don't we get into television? As it relates to television, we're going to talk real quickly because it's an impacted recording here, but we're going to talk about Walking Dead and where it's at so far in season seven. I think this show is becoming predictable, and by that, I mean they're only ascribing any worth to three episodes out of the 16-episode season. You got to miss, or you got to watch, don't miss the premiere, the mid-season finale, and the finale, because now it seems like for the last three seasons, that's the only time something of real worth happens. And in the meantime, and in between time, it's just filler. And how can you ep- dedicate a whole episode to Tara? When has she got more than five minutes of screen time? And that was a really... was And, and so there's, some, there's an issue that we dealt with, remember? Right. So if you look at the um, end of the episode previous, they always do that on the next episode of Walking Dead, and they show you these clips. It specifically wrote on it on the next episode, and they showed clips of some of them, Tara. I think three scenes of Tara. I think we went back and counted. Yeah. They showed three scenes of Tara, 
And then all of the other scenes like were saviors, of the, Negan, the saviors, Rick. Negan, were of the following episodes. So they knew that Tara's episode wasn't going to it's not gonna be a sell. Draw. It's not yeah. going to be a draw. Nobody gives a shit. And so they promised something that then when you actually watch the episode, they didn't deliver. Like, hey, this didn't materialize. But then we went back also, and it says in the next no, several they, weeks, or the, the, the they little said voiceover the, says. Yeah, in the next... In the coming weeks in the, of, or yeah, something like which that. Is cheap. But That's they cheap. they verbally said that, but the writing on screen and specifically the said on the next episode. Yeah, that, that really And that kind of marketing is just it bothers me. It's false. It it absolutely I is. I mean, false. it still ended up happening, but not when we thought it would. Yeah. And this is what bugs me about Walking Dead. The creators have such large egos now. That they, did, I feel like they're always just whipping their dicks out and throwing it on the table and being like, "Yeah, we can do whatever we want." Because look at that. Yeah, you're like, still gonna watch. You're still gonna watch, and it's like, dude, no, your viewership is it's, plummeting it's, lately. I read that it's the lowest since season three because you remember how much of a bore season two was. So I think a lot of people yeah. just already checked out by the time season three came around. But here's the interesting thing: season seven premiere was, was one the of the highest. highest, I think, if not the Dude, highest. talk about just, uh, it's like playing your best song at the start of a concert, and then everything else is like, well, you already did the the callback song. And yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's, like, it, it, and, yeah. and it's becoming predictable. Negan's, I remember when he showed up at the end of season six, and when he they expanded on, on the premiere of season seven, he was creepy, he was scary. Now he's like kind of cheesy, and he's almost obnoxious. Just like, the way I talk like this, yeah. Yeah. and I... Almost sound like I'm asking a question. And, and I have to say when everything when I lean back. His lean back. Yes. Go back and watch this if you don't know what we're talking about. Like even in this last episode, it's like he's like trying I mean, to pop his own back or he's got like spinal yeah. meningitis or something. I don't know what Negan, maybe that's why he's such an asshole. Maybe his back just hurts him and <laughs> yeah. lower back pain can lead people to be grumpy. We know this. We're getting older ourselves as adults. But he's cheesy. And yeah. like when he stabbed Spencer and, and like, just cut his stomach open. Okay, that was really if, cheesy and he's like oh i knew you had guts i apologize yeah see i think the problem is is that and they're showing him too much they've done yes they've done such a good job of showing how much power negan has and he was a boogeyman he was a name he was a yes now he they're showing him almost every single episode and it's he's losing his effectiveness well and that's 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 kind of what i was about to say is that they've shown they showed at the uh season six the end of season six and at the beginning of season seven they showed Negan is not to be fucked with, and he has the power physically and psychologically and, he, and, and in numbers, right? Yeah. Why did the writers think it necessary to every single episode basically tell you, like the, 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 the entire overarching premise of every episode is Negan has all the power. And it's like, we know that, They've established that time and time again. They've established that. Please stop trying to tell us that. Why don't you focus a little bit more on how the main characters, the people we're rooting for, are going to take him out or are going to somehow step up to him or anything. Like... Yeah, they're just showing every every week someone's a beat down dog who's afraid of like who's hand shy now. It's like we get it. They started turning around a little bit like last ten minutes. It's like because it's going to take more than one community. It's going to take all the people Negan's wrong to rise up against him, and that was very predictable. And I'm glad they finally addressed it. But it's just like it took too long. It took way too long, and we don't even know what Negan's about. How about a backstory episode by now? 
Would that kill us? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good idea. Like, take out the entire Tara one and then show us some reason why Negan is the way he is. Now, maybe they purposely don't because and do you that remember? gets rid of the mystery. Right. But I don't know. I think they should, though. It should provide some context. And I remember how Dwight, you know, the guy who got the iron. Right. Um, and they introduced him last season. Mm-hmm. Uh when he said, you know, some guy walks in here with a baseball bat and takes over our community and we all bow down to him. Yeah. And it's like, so why don't we see that actual episode or some yeah. something like that so we can have a little bit of appreciation for who this guy is rather than just, frankly, I'm starting to get annoyed by him. Yeah. And, you know, it begs that question of if everybody hates Negan. Why doesn't someone do something Why doesn't? It? Why doesn't? He's got a whole community of people. There's no way that they don't band together and somebody kill him or... There's no way one person doesn't just risk their life and pull out a gun and shoot him. No, there and is a then, reason because his bat will catch it. Exactly. That was cheesy. And then when it finally happened, what's her name? Rosita. Uh, Rosita actually pulls out a gun, shoots him point blank, and he's waving his bat around, and she hits his bat? Come on. And he's okay? Uh like I said, though, we weren't going to spend a whole lot of time I know, on this. we spent more time. So than no, it's fine. But just one last little thing. The music in some of these episodes so has bad. been distracting. So it's bad. So dumb. And like that episode where Carl and Enid are roller skating. Epi- or roller skating episode. Yeah. Oh, that God. music. It was just like, are we watching an indie film? It was like so Like a weird. college effort? It was dumb. So, hey, just kind of, I know there's a whole second season to go. We don't have till February until it comes, but... If the Walking Dead creators and showrunners and all the people, you need not wonder why your ratings are the lowest they've been in four years. Because you guys are a bunch of douchebags. You're stringing people along and giving people nothing. It's like the promise of dessert and just throwing anchovies at them every week. Yeah. And they're like I said, they're only tired scrubbing. of anchovies. So tired of anchovies. <laughs> okay, let's move away from Walking Dead because obviously we're getting a little bit riled up right now I feel, about this. I feel hyped, yeah. So let's turn our focus to something a little bit more positive. Let's talk about Westworld. The now completed season, yeah. first season, uh, and I know we're both there, so we can talk about it. Yeah, last time I think we just we were a few episodes in, yeah. and we just kind of give this quick, you know, all right, we're a few episodes, like some, here's, here's our, our review, here's our impressions, yeah, yeah, exactly. But now we can say, here's what we think. Full spoiler review. Yep. Uh, season one, just like uh, our other favorite HBO show, Game of Thrones, 10 episodes. I think that's probably going to be a format they're going to follow. I like that. And uh, like I was telling you a little bit before we started recording, there's a after the scenes, or sorry, behind the scenes, kind of like the directors, yeah, producers the, look yeah. at back. After at the, the show is yeah. done, yeah. And they've already confirmed that season two mm-hmm. is a thing. And it's I, happening. I don't think I watched that. It was actually a good little insight for just three or four minutes. I should probably go back and, and watch it. The big thing they said is season one was all about creation and control. Season two is now going to be about chaos, and that's exactly where it left off. But we don't just have to talk about the the last episode. But man, that last episode was just like just surprise after surprise after reveal after revelation after episode or the whole season. You mean? Well, I the think last that, episode. The was, last episode okay. really encapsulated what the yeah. whole season was about. But yeah, that last episode just was mind blowing. Really was. Took me so much. Took me by surprise. But I think the yeah. first real big moment that I was just like, whoa, this show really got me was, um, I think it was episode seven, the reveal of Bernard as being synthetic. Yeah. That, I was so like, oh my, I was just smiling like, oh, they got me. I just thought he was just kind of such a 
straightforward science geek, mm-hmm. you know, but no wonder he's just processing things, well, and the, and with, the, but a little human element to him. Well, and I noticed little things about him where he would always take off his glasses. The glasses, and right. That's them. one of his behaviors. And I noticed that. He got programmed into him. And um, I, in my head, I remember thinking to myself, well, that's just a very obvious thing he continues to do. I didn't think about it being like a programmed thing. Yeah, it's his response. It's and, part of his DNA, so to speak. Yeah, and I, and and then when they revealed that, I was like, oh my god, it makes perfect sense. The fact that he couldn't see the door, he couldn't see the drawing. Yeah. That, well, once he said he couldn't see the door, you just knew something was something up. Was there, yeah. yeah, and that was such a cool reveal. And it turns out he was at the behest of Ford, who was just such an evil genius. Uh, talk about you know your doctor, uh, Doctor Frankenstein, really mm-hmm. just creating all types of malevolent life. Right. Yeah, and you find out Bernard has been really kind of a henchman, so to speak, at doing the bidding of Ford. And Ford, just how he weaved everything together. And then, okay, so I'm going to talk about episode 10 when he basically just said, everyone, screw you, you know, at the end. What a great little, like, just send-off. But basically, what Ford was trying to program into his creations is memory is how they start to form consciousness. Right. Once he started creating consciousness, he started to feel that the creations that he was creating were better than the human beings that were were controlling them. He committed suicide in front of everybody, basically. Right. And he had that, Dolores which was do a way it for to, him. Yeah, which was a way... Or he had, not Dolores necessarily, but Wyatt. That was a cool reveal, too. Yeah, that was Dolores cool. was Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. And Teddy, I like Teddy, but he's like... Kenny. It's like, how many times? Oh, no, they killed Teddy. You bastards. I mean, he dies in pretty much every other episode. And then I was so happy that Maeve was like, screw you. And man, was she awesome. That was one of my favorite players this season. Yeah. And then she's like, screw you. I'm getting out of here. But then the reveal that, nope, this is just something that was programmed into. And she's like, couldn't believe it and didn't know how to grip. And so she ended up not wanting to escape to say, I don't want to just do what my programming says. Well, and I think she couldn't get over the attachment to her daughter. The memory of her the daughter. The memory of her daughter, yes. Yeah. Who she knows wasn't really her daughter, but she couldn't get over it and she had to go back yeah, for Yeah, you her. can't shake it. Um, but so Ugh, I liked everything about this show uh, for the most part. But let me let me mention a couple of the gripes that I had. Uh, one, I don't necessarily like it when a bunch of what I would consider just innocent people die. And in this whole season, time and time again the regular humans were were getting killed off and it was almost always because regular humans allowed it to happen it wasn't like it was so with Maeve for example Maeve couldn't have got anywhere near where she got to if it wasn't for the help of those two um i don't know what their job the, was i know what you're talking about like the, the creators the, the two doctors that yeah. yeah um and she pretty much just convinced them to help them, even though she was killing off their coworkers continuously, like as like continuously as she's escaping, they're just she's just murdering other humans, and that one guy is just like totally fine with it. Oh, go find your daughter. I care about you. What? I think it's because he he just like had this weird love attachment thing for her, <sighs> and she was pulling some weird strings over him. She I had just, power over him. I mean, maybe he's a. I feel too. like I I. And, and I th- see, here's the thing. I thought that what they were going to do. They actually do, said that. Remember at one point, she's like, no, you're real. Trust me. Because he starts right. like questioning. He just like has this look. Well, of like, I thought they I were fake? going to do that. I thought they were going to. Ma- I thought they were all plants by F- Ford so that um, 
all of the events will play out as they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. But how would Ford know that these guys were going to help them escape? Because there's multiple times where they could have just shut her down. Multiple. There is, but he had programmed so much intelligence into her, and then she, by his design, went and heightened all her senses. Remember, she's like they have their little iPads out, and they're... So I think she was like almost in a way a reflection of him just being able to mind over matter because I know but yeah and I get that there's 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 certain points where the guy was looking at a screen and had the option to push a button right then and there just to shut her down and he decided not to that was a little kind of so I, yeah that was a little cheesy I I agree but still um, that that's the only gripe that I think I had was that things played out so perfectly to Ford's design yeah even though his plan relied on human intervention and human intervention is, I mean, it's a mystery Yeah, because you never know how humans are going to decide to play things out. Right. Whereas his, whereas his bots, he could pretty much control everything. The outcome is pretty much determined. So even when you think that they're starting to get away from the predetermined outcome. It's like, nope, I let you feel that way. Right. He was such a bastard. But I, Ford? Yeah. But I was yeah. rooting for him in a weird way, too, because well, they were trying to take away the, his toys from him. Well, the weird thing is, is he's seen as the antagonist almost the entire time. And then right at the end, you realize that what he's trying to do is he's trying to help his own creations. And so you're like, oh, he's the protagonist this entire time. In a really and then roundabout he starts, way. Yeah. And then he has himself killed and and murders a bunch of... That scene uh, when they went down to the basement floor to look for all the, you know, the bots that had been 86 uh-huh. and they're all gone. That was creepy. Yeah, that was creepy. They're all usually just naked and staring off yeah. in space. And then, yeah, then he just basically whoop pushed a button. Then they're like, cool, we're going to break out and kill everyone. And William, the man in black, what a great reveal that was. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I coming. was like, wow, good, I good job. I kind of felt like, yeah, I kind of felt like they don't look at all similar. No, they don't. So um, I think we would have otherwise been able to tell if it was the original younger William in some old face makeup. Right. Then, but but they chose somebody with a completely different voice and a completely different well, time, manner. Well, time had passed a lot. I, and a yeah, lot. Obviously, okay. this guy had like a, a lot of baggage, you know. Yeah. But in that whole reveal, like back to the first episode, when they find the picture, that was actually his wife from how many ever years ago when yeah. he was young William. Just a lot of cool things like that all tied together. Uh, I feel like it's the kind of thing that you you should probably watch a second time to oh, pick complete. up everything, Dude, because they hinted a, a lot near totally. the beginning that you only realize were hints when you After as you fact. reach the end. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to wrap your mind around. Total cool sci-fi action. Uh, I think the character who had like the biggest just tidal wave of a ride this season was Bernard slash Arnold. Bernard. Bernard. Yes. Yeah. So episode seven, you find out you're actually artificial life. Your son that you mourn never really existed. You got to bone chicks though. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, most good for robots you. don't. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out you were based off of Ford's design partner, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just how it all tied together. And there's still a lot more to you know be accounted for. But now it's like now what? And the man in black, William, is he dead or did he just? I think he got shot in the arm at the end. I don't remember. But he kind of secretly wanted that. It's weird. Like the whole time he's like, you can't kill me even if you tried. And it was just, ah, I love a good sci-fi story. <laughs> I can tell. And who better than Michael Crichton? You're to... showing right now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, who better than Michael Crichton to be the well source for all this? Yeah. Makes total sense. Uh, I thought that this was 
my second favorite show already based off of uh, just the kind of the whole HBO uh, lineup. No, I liked it as well. Um, I think I, I liked it not quite as much as you, but For I sure. did. I did enjoy it, um, and I am looking forward to seeing how they roll with this in season two. Now what? Yeah, yeah. now what? And 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 now I I feel like it's going to be a little bit more of a, a war between the um, what do you what do you call the synthetic the hosts the hosts yeah between the hosts and their and new narrative the, and their, their new narrative is like kill the masters basically. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I think it's These going gods to be. Are puny, a, I think it's going to be a war, and then we're going to be constantly questioning how much of this war was pre-scripted already. Yes, you know what I mean. So yeah. that's so basically. I think from the time he sensed that his creation was starting to get commercialized and made into the interest of a few select rich people, the CEO and that CEO lady. Gosh, I almost kind of wanted her to get it because she was gnarly, Charlotte or Charlene or whatever her name was. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was rooting against her the whole time. Um, but as soon as Ford... I the think, hot one? Yeah. Yeah, she was hot. Yeah, she was. There's a lot of uh, pleasant people in this show. <laughs> as soon as Ford started feeling that his creation was going by that wayside, I think he had this plan in works for how many ever years it's been. And what a cool just execution of it, no pun intended, yeah. because you know he did get killed at the end by his own want. So Westworld, uh, A, a solid A for me. I give so it, to speak. yeah, I, I give it a, a A minus. Cool. Yep. Great. And those were kind of the three big ones we really wanted to hit. We wanted to talk about Rogue One. We want to talk about Westworld, Walking Dead, and of course, video game conversation, which leads us now to the end. Since we've done all that, why don't we talk about this week's shout out the synopsis? You got one? I got one for you. And from the looks of it, it's deep. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know how you would know you what just the looks of it. Your eyes. Are. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for, uh, for yeah. me to say yes? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All Go right. for it. Captain Martin Walker is a soldier sent into Dubai after it is torn apart by a sandstorm to find survivors. While there, Walker is continuously taunted and attacked by Colonel Conrad, whose rogue infantry has been trying to gain military control in Dubai. Throughout the story, Walker and his men are taken deeper and deeper into madness, forced to question why they're in Dubai and who is really the enemy. In one critical scene, Walker chooses to use white phosphorus on an incoming enemy as a last resort, only to find out that they were innocent civilians looking for safety. Near the end of the story, we find out that Conrad has been dead for some time, and Walker was only imagining this enemy, realizing that he is the true enemy of the story. I have an inclination. All right. I, I, I love a, a good war story. Okay. That's... Um, it's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> and with that, I will say um, that I believe I played this, and if I'm not mistaken, this is Spec Ops The Line. Yeah, it is. And that's a good-ass game. And that scene with the white phosphorus, holy yeah. crap, that was brutal. Yeah, so I, I put quite a bit of detail in there because I wasn't quite sure if you had played the game. I have, but it, not since it originally came out. And sure. I want to say it's like probably five years old by I now. don't know. But like I mean, it was, it was known for being middle of the road for its gameplay, gameplay yeah but the writing in the game was just so forward thinking there's all these twists and turns there's some really really brutal stuff like the whole white phosphorus thing yeah that was brutal and then finding out as a player kind of you're the asshole yeah as a player and you find out holy shit i push i literally pushed the button on my controller that made that happen and it, it just kind of almost messed with the the player as well yeah so yeah i that was good a good pull. game that's yeah. a good game. And good this week's Shadow of the Synopsis. Yeah. Now, 
we always finalize everything with a awesome quote in geek history. And being that it's Christmas Eve, I thought how seasonally appropriate if we did something Christmassy. So Brandon, if you would please cue die, up. Die hard. No, I, I I feel like that was almost too predictable to say that, but the thought crossed my mind. This week's awesome quote in geek history is coming from one home alone. I'm going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. (laughs) Keep the change, you filthy animal. That is a classic Christmas movie. Uh, not one that necessarily identifies itself right away as a, a Christmas movie. It's more about like, oh, bad guys getting hit in the nars with paint cans. But the during wet, Christmas, yeah, during Christmas, the Wet Bandits, uh, Snakes and Johnny, yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin, yeah. the aftershave and Scream, a lot of quotables from that movie. Yeah. So well, yeah, just, it's a pretty iconic movie. I like how I like how the quote you chose from a movie was a movie within a movie. Oh yeah, because yeah, he yeah. was watching a movie in that, and movie. he shouldn't have been watching yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, do you ever realize that he he does all of this stuff? He ices up uh, the stairs. He puts like tar and nails and he has all these traps all over the house. What a freak. What happens when his family gets home? <laughs> like, are they walking into a death trap? I hope so. They I get, hope so too. They deserve it. Yeah, they really they do. left him. And here's the thing. As a child, awesome. And then when they're like, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York or wherever. And he, it's basically yeah. the same exact movie, completely sure. recycled over again. Um, but it's just like, as an adult now, I use logic because it's part of my makeup. Those are the worst parents in the world. Yeah. How do you let that happen again? How do you How do you literally leave yeah. your son there? Yeah. I almost feel like Macaulay Culkin now, seeing as how where he is in adult life, was really like abandoned by his parents. But unfortunately, uh, another sad child actor sad. case. But he was cute as Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Yeah. But how did an eight-year-old know how to do all that? Because he's a badass. Oh, that's true. So we're going to start wrapping things up here, but let me give you all the ways you can get a hold of us. Download us, subscribe to us at randomfandomcast.com. Where else? Uh, Twitter at randomfandomwbb. I know it's been a while. We have to. Like, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you can, of course, email us randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Any old which way you want to get a hold of us, listen to us, be part of the show. We more than welcome it. And uh, I hope you welcome this, by the way. I want to present this is sound effects i want to actually give this to you being that it's christmas and if you don't like it okay think of it well if you don't so here's the thing real quick i told brandon don't get me anything for christmas and yet i kind of forgot my own rule and i went and got him something for christmas so sorry about being a hypocrite i didn't give you this with the expectation you're gonna give me anything back um but if you are kind of like oh why'd you do this just think of it as show prep for future reference okay you so you want me to open this right now absolutely Oh, by the way, I had to use your own wrapping paper to gift you your gift. Very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the uh, it's a Bioshock collection that I've been trying to buy, but I didn't want to spend 60 bucks on it. So I was trying I found, to get it on I sale and, um, and and every, you know, during Black Friday, it was sold out everywhere. Completely gone everywhere. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm looking forward to replaying Do- those. Bioshock series is some of my favorites. Uh, great games. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So until you hear from us again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thanks for being a fan of our fandom. What's mine? (laughs) Stay horny. Stay horny, guys. Stay horny. 
for us. <laughs> stay horny for us. Stay geeky is what you say. Uh, I prefer stay horny. Like, bye. Bye. I, I just died in the game tonight. Must have been something you did. I just died in the game tonight. I keep looking for someone I can't kill. Working hard with a really bad team, and I don't see an easy way to get out of this. Sorry as shit, don't think she's able Now I gotta deal with the Tracer and Diva I shouldn't have chosen Hanzo He's no good for this I, I just died in the game tonight Must have been something you did I just died